Ladies and gentlemen, we are here for another episode of the Mayor on Air podcast. I'm the mayor of Hinchtown, James Hinchcliffe, and I gotta tell you, this is an exciting day because our guest this weekend is the first guest we've had in almost two years of the show, Buzzkill, almost two years of the show that's actually listened to the show prior to coming onto it. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Spencer Piggott, and the crowd goes wild. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Look at that, we got a live studio audience today for Spencer. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, first of all, thank you so much for joining us, driver of the, the number 20 Fuzzies car on all the road street tracks, Brett Carpenter racing this season. And, um, I want to apologize for the noise, first and foremost. We're sitting here at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, and the F2000 cars are out there practicing. So, well, that just makes it sound more authentic. But yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now it's good to be here, and I actually like that we're watching this, because I don't get to watch these guys much anymore. You know, it's only a couple years ago I was racing these things, so I, I know a lot of the guys, and little background noise. Yeah, well that's, and that's a good point. We're gonna get to that a little bit later. Uh, what we like to do in the first segment of the show is we like to kind of talk, talk a bit of IndyCar, which seems like it makes some sense. Uh, and what we like to do first and foremost is talk about the last round. So obviously we're coming off the race in Toronto, streets of Toronto. Why don't you give me a little bit of, uh, a little bit of a background about your weekend, how'd it go? Yeah, Toronto is uh, not great, really, for us. <laughs> you said <laughs> it was like honest, a positive yeah, yeah. you're like, yeah, Toronto was uh, <laughs> terrible. I was trying to figure out a way to make it sound uh, fantastic, but <laughs> it wasn't. Um, practice was all right. It was, you know, every time I go to a track this year, it's just a lot of fun getting used to you used to it all in an IndyCar so much faster and more physically demanding than I've ever felt. So a lot of fun driving there, but kind of struggled a little bit and, uh, you know, qualifying didn't go great. So put us behind the eight ball in the race, tried to, you know, come in early and, and play that strategy, but uh, in the end just didn't go great for us but how did the how did the new section at the end treat you did you like it did you not like it i didn't like it really i thought the old section was better um i guess the same for everyone you know it just seemed to kind of take a bit of the flow away it was, it was tricky you know with that big concrete patch and then the off-camera section and then that last corner was just kind of nuts you know, <laughs> couldn't really see anything especially if you're behind a car i felt like yeah. it was really tough to see the exit and the apex it's, uh, you know, Spencer obviously is not going to like any changes to a track where he was coming off a double victory last year in any lights. Exactly. So I went in with high hopes. Right. Was, was it a big adjustment from the lights car to the, to the Indy car at that track? Yeah, it was. I think, you know, the, the braking zones were a bit different. The, <clears throat> the way the car reacted, I think, to the pavement change was different. Uh, Better or worse? Like turn one. Uh, a bit more dramatic. Think, in yeah, more dramatic. Um, you had to be a bit more precise, I think, to make sure the car didn't get super loose or, or anything over the patches. But um, that was cool. I mean, the corners are obviously faster. You know, turn six was quick. It was all, uh, as you'd expect, faster and harder. Did you have any good battles with anybody? Um, yeah, the first stint I was battling with a few guys. Uh, I think Marco and Sato and then Hunter Ray and I were running together for a little bit, but um, that was it. It was kind of a, uh, uneventful compared to the last race in uh, Road America for me. I, I, and I know we were supposed to kind of only talk about the, the previous event, but Road America was a big weekend for you, a big race for you. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it was a good race. We, Qualified, I don't know, 17th, 18th, not great, but then had a good race. Um, had a lot of fun in that race, actually, because we kind of went off strategy, and I was trying to hit a fuel number and practice saving fuel, which was, was new to me. I really had to do that in a race situation before, so working on that, and then you know, every time you cycle through the pits, it was kind of interesting to see who you'd come out with or, or near how much time you might have picked up, and then uh, gradually worked our way up a bit, and then the last restart, the last few laps, was 
pretty exciting. We managed to work our way up to ninth, so um, overall, good day, first top ten. And yeah, it was just a lot of fun. All right, so we're you know coming off that, we're now at Mid Ohio Sports Car Course, another permanent road course. Probably with the exception of maybe uh, maybe Barber, you know, Road America probably the closest to this place. So high hopes, obviously, coming up into this. Yeah, I think so. We tested here last week and it went well. We've got some more things to work on, as as always. You can always get better, but uh, it's a track I've always enjoyed racing at. It's so fast. And these cars, the cornering speeds are incredible. And, um, to drive here and I think you know with Joseph and I work well together and uh, I think the fuzzy car will be quick. What's it like being part of the blondest team in the history of Indian <laughs> racing? Well I get uh, mistaken for Joseph a lot. I'm not surprised. Every time I'm at the track I get more autograph requests on his hero cards and his <laughs> stuff than I do for mine so uh, it's kind of interesting I guess. So in my rookie year uh, it was it was J.R. Hillebrand's rookie year, it was Charlie Kimball's rookie year and the three of us were constantly mistaken for each other to the point where we actually had to release a video explaining the differences, you know, I think in I detail. Remember that video. Yeah, it was. It didn't work. No, didn't work. Especially now that Charlie's in a black car, he get he gets people coming up to him all the time, thinking it's me and vice versa. Well, I think after Joseph shaved his head, it was even worse for me because they just looked for the guy with kind of spiky blonde hair, and it wasn't him anymore. Yeah, he kind of had a buzz cut, and so Road America was a lot of mistake and identity. For sure. I mean, he had the big kind of flowing mane yeah. before that. Yeah. Do you, do you find it hard being like a living Ken doll? Is that, make, is that challenging <laughs> for you or is it like a good thing? I don't know how that... Uh, I guess it has its pluses and minuses. <laughs> it, I, I want to know, generally, is Joseph upset that he's like maybe not the prettiest guy in IndyCar anymore? Oh, I don't know. That's a bold statement right there. It is a bold statement, Spencer, but sitting here with Buzzkill as my witness, I'm willing to say it. Well, I appreciate that, James. You're like the Thank new you. Joseph Newgard. Well, and Joseph Newgard's not even that old. That's Joseph 2.0. Yeah, you're, you're Joseph 2.0. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. Are you learning a lot from Joseph? I am, absolutely, yeah. He's, is he a good teammate? He is. Good mentor? No, I've been lucky with my teammates this year. You know, I started off with Graham, and he was great. Learned a lot from him, and now Joseph and Ed and JR at some of the tests and stuff. It's been uh, been really good as a rookie to have all these guys. It's good too, I mean, they're, all, they're guys with a lot of experience, but they're still kind of on the younger side of it, right? Maybe a little bit more relatable than if you were dealing with like a Tony Kanaan or something like that. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, especially Joseph and I, we've known each other for a long time, ever since racing karts. So we're friends, uh, you know, even before I moved up to IndyCar, obviously we were part of the Rising Star Racing Program together. So we've done a lot of stuff together the past few years and now getting to work side by side is, uh, has been really beneficial. Because you were both part of that Team USA scholarship thing, right? Different years. Different years. But you both did it, went over to the UK, raced over the Fords over there. Yeah. How's that experience? It was cool. Yeah, I think there's a handful of guys that are racing this weekend that were a part of that. And uh, yeah, great scholarship. Went over to England. I actually got to go two years. Uh, I did the first year in the well, festival. Well, that's special. And, uh, I know, I was lucky. In the it's probably because you're wearing good looks. 1600, maybe. You have to ask Jeremy. I'll ask Jeremy's criteria. Shot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was a blast going over to England, racing former Fords, uh, Silverstone, Brands Hatch, some cool places. 
Very cool. But none of them cooler than Middle House sports car. That's course, right. Obviously. Nothing's better. Obviously. All right, look, we're going to head to a quick break. Uh, I forgot to preface before we started that we always let the guests pick a song that plays during the break. But you've watched the show as the only person, listen, sorry, the show as the only person that's ever done that. So you may be aware of this. So hopefully you thought of some songs. What song would you like to hear? Well, I did because as you were, you know, fashionably late by a few minutes, they were briefing me. Uh, <laughs> well, Buzzkill took yeah. care of it then. How about this racy song, I think, uh, The Distance by Cake. Ah, as soon as you said a racy song, that's what I thought you were going with. We got our timers going up. Buzzkill, what's happening? You <laughs> set it up. You know how to ruin everything. That's, we, you can come by the name Buzzkill, honestly. All right, we're listening to some Cake, The Distance. More with Spencer Pagan on the Mayor on Air, Series 212, XM209, when we get back. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up And long ago somebody left with the cup But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns And thinking of someone for whom he still burns He's going the distance He's going for speed She's all alone All alone in a time of need Because he's racing and racing and plotting the course He's fighting and fighting and riding on his horse He's Of doubt and remorse Assail him, impale him With monster truck force In his mind he's still driving Still making the grade She's hoping in time That her memories will fade Cause he's racing and pacing And plotting the course He's fighting and fighting And riding on his horse The sun has gone down And the moon has come up And long ago somebody left with the cup But he's striving and driving And hugging the turns And thinking of someone for whom He still burns Cause he's going the distance James Hinchcliffe, and we are back with Spencer Piggott, uh, rookie season in the Verizon 8 Car Series this year, and 
we've already we've already screwed up a lot. I say we. I've already screwed up a lot. You know, with the format, with not briefing you on the music selection, which luckily Buzzkill did in my absence. Uh, one of the things that I forgot to do in the last segment, we always like to finish off that first segment with getting your prediction for the race this weekend. Now, you can't choose yourself, and you can't choose me just to not make it awkward because obviously you picked me, <laughs> and I don't want you to have to do Obviously. that. Uh, so we don't have a sports car course. Who do you think top three will be in no particular order? No particular order. Just pick the podium. Um, I think you got to go with Dixon. He's always Safe super bet. strong here. Earn some brownie points with my team. I'll pick my teammate, Joseph. And uh, let's see, who's out here? How about, how about Montoya? Montoya? Montoya. Going to the Penske camp, but not going for first or second in the championship. Yeah. Interesting choice. Interesting choice. I noticed no Hondas on that, but that's fine. That's <laughs> cool. You can do it, do whatever you want there. Um, it's it's interesting that you've had a relatively short IndyCar career thus far, but you have had a couple teammates already. Um, tell me about the strengths and weaknesses of each guy, and you can you can tell you can tell me weaknesses. It's fine. They don't listen to the show. <laughs> We've already established that. Ah, uh, that's so a good one. You started with Graham. Yeah, Graham. Graham, obviously, he stepped into a good, you know, very strong Honda yeah. team. Uh, finished, what, third and fourth in the championship last year? Yeah. Very strong, won a couple races. What, what was that experience like? Uh, it was good. I mean, they've got a ton of good guys over there. Um, Graham, I think we've seen it from him in the past, but I think his biggest strength is his, his race pace and his performance uh, in the races, you know, his consistency, and he's always attacking, always going forward, it seems like. So, um, weakness for Graham? I don't know. I mean, from my experience, he was pretty good in, in pretty much all areas. Uh, he played a few too many rookie jokes on me, rookie pranks on me. <laughs> okay. Does that count as a Now a we're getting into something that we want to talk about. <laughs> what exactly did Graham Rahal do to you? Just taking phones and texting from different people's numbers, making me think, think that or Roger Penske was calling. Or something or... along those lines, <laughs> yeah. The same kind of idea, yeah. Fair enough. So are you planning to get him back in any way? I mean, now, now is not your about teammate. Yeah, you don't no, have to no, worry about it. I yeah. mean, you can kind of get a little bit free right think now. Of something. I'll help you out. All right. I'll help you get Graham back. Uh, That's fine. So obviously then Joseph. Joseph. I mean, his strength is, I think, from what I've seen, is just to be able to put a really good qualifying lap together. I mean, obviously, my first race in Detroit, he had a few issues in qualifying, but he was potential to go really quick. In Road America, he was on the flyer until uh, he wasn't. He spun, but just his ability to get the most out of the red tires, I think, has, has been pretty impressive to see. So this is what you're learning off these yeah. guys, is these, like, what, what red tires you're capable exactly. of. You know, you only get two or three laps in qualifying right. to figure it out, so... Yeah, which has been probably the toughest part about being a rookie is getting used to the reds. And, you know, you get to use them in the race, but it's still it's totally different than the qualifying. Full fuel. Full fuel and all, and all that stuff. So it's, uh, you know, getting the most out of those few laps, I think, has been pretty tricky. Do you find you're getting noticed more that you're a big deal IndyCar driver? Uh, a little bit. Yeah? I got noticed at Dave & Buster's a couple weeks ago. What game were you playing at the I time wasn't you got even noticed? playing game. I was walking in. You were just, walk, just yeah, walking just in? Just walking in. Were you like with a girl? Was she really impressed as soon as you walked in? Uh, I was like, oh my god, Spencer Pickett! <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know well how played, she was, sir. but well hopefully played. it earned me a couple brownie points. Are you single? I am. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, 
so it's, you know, walking around Indianapolis, you've noticed a difference? Uh, very rarely, but sometimes, yes. And around the racetrack? Yeah. Other than being yeah. Ex you know, mistaken for Joseph? When I'm not being called Joseph, yeah, I get a couple more autograph requests and a couple more pictures taken than uh, in years past. <laughs> <laughs> What's Ed like as a team owner? Because you've got a former, well, you've got a current driver as a team owner, which is the only time that's happened in a while since, what, since Michael retired, probably. That's awesome. He's super funny. He's uh, got a good sense of humor, yeah. that Ed. Yeah, we have a good time. Um, but yeah, he's obviously really good on the ovals and listening to him during, you know, Iowa and, and Texas when I was there, listening on the stand and stuff, it's, it's cool to hear his feedback and the way he talks about the car handling on, on ovals and his uh, mentality on racecraft on ovals and stuff. So, you know, the only oval I've done, obviously, is the 500, and that's kind of like a unique place compared to most ovals we go to. So, um, you know, I'm learning a lot on the weekends I'm racing and the weekends I'm not. So it's a unique kind of rookie experience, but it's, it's all been good so far. Is it, is it tough sitting on the stand watching the ovals? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does kind of suck. You want to get uh, out there and learn. Know, the first half of the year, going to like Long Beach and Barber tracks that I had so much fun racing at in the past, and having to watch was was tough. And then yeah, I mean, Iowa and Texas look like a blast. So it's just, it's tough, but hopefully next year. What are, what are the prospects for next year? Is anything on the cards yet? You still working on it? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I'd love to be full time, ideally with uh, you know Ed Carpenter and the Fuzzies got Fuzzies group, but. Uh, you know, we'll see. Just try and get through this year. Got a few more races left, and try and do as, as well as we can, and then we'll see what happens. Do you think anybody else other than me think that you and Joseph look like Ed's children? <laughs> like if Ed was like like a little like a little bit older. I know he's got three kids. He does, and, they and they're look, all very blonde. They so all they look like you, look like, like ten yeah. you know ten years ago or whatever. I mean, like probably fifteen years ago. These kids are pretty young. But I mean, like it could look like Ed started young and had two kids, and now it's like this family run. Be like an uncle. He could be an uncle. Like an older like uncle. A, 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 yeah, young, you know, not immediate family yeah. relative, but there's anybody ever. Are you guys gonna do a Christmas card yeah. like the three of you in ugly Christmas sweaters standing around a tree or something? Uh, potentially. I'll I feel have to like bring you should now. Yeah, you should bring that up in your next team uh, meeting with Ed. He'd probably be down. He I would. Think he would love it, and he'd probably have some good ideas to make it extra fun. Has he pulled any jokes on you yet? Because I mean, he literally stole my scooter key as recently as this morning. So I know that he likes to mess around. Uh, no, not yet on me. Specifically, can I be honest that I I asked him this morning when I saw him if I could get any like juicy gossip or like funny stories about you, and he had nothing. That's good. You don't oh, want it's your, good for your you. Bad for me. Yeah. Oh, you don't want your boss to know. Yeah. So you openly admit that there's been mistakes and dumb things and funny situations that he just doesn't know about. Uh, in my life, for sure. How you, you, within the, the team. Tell you. Tell me. Tell me the biggest like goof you've made this year? What's the biggest mistake? Like 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 something dumb. Like you just sat there and you thought, I can't believe I just did that or I can't believe I just said that. It's gotta been something. Uh you learn I mean, from when I was smashed up against the outside wall in turn one, I was kinda thinking, what the heck did I just do? <laughs> that wasn't with Ed, but uh, that was pretty I don't know. Tough lesson to learn. Yeah, it's just not an experience you want to 
ever have, but I don't know. I don't really have any that I can think of off the top of my head really embarrassing. I would tell you. I'm not trying to hide it. I believe that. I believe that. All right, we'll let it go this time. We'll assume that he's had a pretty much problem-free rookie campaign up to this point. But I'm going to keep digging. We're going to do a second episode with you, Spencer. We're going mean, to, even if it's a year down the road, and we'll have something. We'll have something. All right, got to take another quick break, which means we need another song. All right, how about my favorite band, Blink-182, uh, Rock Show. Rock Show Girl by Blink-182. There we go. All right, we are going to be back with more from Spencer Pickett right after this quick break. Here, we are the, we are, you are listening <laughs> to the Mayor on Air, Sirius 212, XM209. favorite band of Mr. Spencer Piggott. Thank you for that song selection. And now we are into the third and final segment of the show. We like to call this segment Trick or Tweet. Now you've listened to the show, so you know that. <laughs> That's right. So you know that My your option, section. this is the favorite segment of the show. To listen to, maybe not be a part of. Well, we'll see because I got to tell you guys, to, all our, to, to, our, to, our, to both our fans out there, I got to tell you, we received. Oh, let's go. Our, stop stop laughing. Singular fans. Yeah. <laughs> I, Bob and Tim are both awesome guys. 
we appreciate your listenership. Now, now we have had more. Well, hold on. Let me let me get through this first. You have an option in in the segment we like to call trick or tweet. You get to perform an elaborate, exotic, complicated <laughs> magic trick using props and pyrotechnics for us here on the show, or you can answer fan tweets. I'll answer some tweets. See, I'm moderately disappointed, Buzzkill, because as the only guy that knew that was coming, I was hoping he was gonna like, like show us like well, one up us and come prepare with a magic trick. But that's I fine. said I listened to the show. I never said I listened to its entirety. Oh, <laughs> okay. But then you said this was your favorite segment to listen to. Yeah, I might have been fibbing a little bit. Wow. <laughs> wow. So now we know. Well, what I was going to say to Bob and Tim was that this was our most uh, responded to request for fan questions, which either means that our show's growing in popularity or you are just the most popular guy we've had on the show, and I'm willing to believe it's the latter. So, we are going to go straight into it. Liam would like to know, Spencer, as someone that's raced for both manufacturers in one season, what are the differences between how to drive both types of cars? Yeah, that's a good question. I've been asked that a few times, and... You know, the biggest difference, I think, between driving the two cars, I think, is mainly on how the teams, kind of their thought process on baseline setup is is quite different, I think. If I could pick differences between the aero kit and the, the engine, I don't notice a huge difference, I think. The, the engine side, you know, maybe one side's a little better accelerating, the other is maybe a little better top end, but it's so, you know, it's... You look at a lap and you might have a couple tenths of a, a second difference between the two. Either way, each place we go to, you know, it's kind of hard to feel a couple tenths on a two and a half minute lap or whatever it may be. So Fair enough. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough one. There's subtle differences. Yeah. And I'm sure it's different team to team as well. I mean, you went from one Honda team to another or Chevy to another. All right. Sarah would like to know, I like this one. If you had to spend a year in space with three other drivers from any series, who would you pick and why? Any series? Any series. Uh, James Hinchcliffe. Why? It's very sweet of you to say. <laughs> I feel like Lewis Hamilton would probably be pretty fun. Because, I mean, he's got his jet, so yeah. you guys would have yeah, lots of... Yeah, we could of... just float around space on his plane. Right, I'm pretty sure that thing would be space-proof, knowing him. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, to me, Lewis Hamilton, who else? <laughs> How about, can it be like a motorcycle rider? Sure. How about Valentino Rossi? Why Valentino Rossi? He seems like a very funny guy. Funny guy. Character. That he character Extremely he Extremely talented. Yep. I like it. I like it. You put me in with some, uh, yeah. some pretty... Uh, <laughs> It'd be entertaining, I think. I feel like I don't belong in that. All right. Me either. You have multiple world champions <laughs> worth tens of millions of dollars in their respective series. And James. And Spencer. Thanks. I do bring the beer. Yeah, exactly. That's the awesome. only... Awesome. Spence, I'll bring I like some vodka, this. you bring some beer. Deal. This is going to be a good party. I like it. Watch out, space. You don't know what's going to hit you. All right. Uh, Cooper wants to know... Wow. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> I, if you can even answer this one with a straight face, I'll be super impressed. Cooper wants to know, if you could be any Disney princess, which would you be and why? Well, I should probably know all the princesses because I am from Orlando. So, yes, you, you know. should know most of them. Uh, Cinderella, right? That's a princess. That's a sure. I'll but take why? That. Why would you be Cinderella? She's got a pretty cool castle over in uh, Magic Kingdom. Does she? At Disney, yeah. Do you like glass slippers? Yes. That's Cinderella, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I had to think for a second. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't I don't know if it was Sleeping Beauty. Oh yeah, I forgot. But who's got the glass Cinderella's got the yeah, glass? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Alright, so we're gonna use some glass race boots. Um alright, Michael. Hey Hinch and Spencer, looking forward to listening to the show. Don't lie. <laughs> Spencer, what would your dream car for personal use be? Ferrari F50. Nice F50. Yeah, F50. Not an F40. No, I like the F50. Really? Yeah. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, cool car. F40 guy. Cool car, but I mean, I just I know a lot. A lot of people are very passionate about the F40. Yeah. The F50 well, that's is like a the very original nice car. Yeah, the original sure. supercar. That is very interesting. That's an interesting selection. I like it. He, there was a follow-up here. Having been connected with Mazda for a while now, have you ever had a chance to drive the 787B that won them all? Uh, I have not. No, I was. I would hope not the... because <laughs> I've been uh, I've been associated with Mazda yeah. for longer than you have, and I've not driven that thing. And if you had, and I had, and John Dune I and I'd be having words. A uh, car that had the same paint scheme. If that means anything. That does not. Thanks for coming out, <laughs> Rachel. What are your top three tracks to race at? Top three. Um, Optico at Indy. Barber. I love Barber. Um, how about Long Beach? Long Beach is a lot of fun. Dude, that's a nice selection. You got a super speedway, you got a natural train road course, you got a street circuit. You everything. I like that. That is why IndyCar's the best. Right. No one else can say that. I love it. All right, Zoe wants to know. Hi, Spencer, and hello again, James and Buzzkill. You got a shout out there, Buzzkill. Did e this is an interesting question, actually. Did ECR adopt the gnomes that Sarah Fisher Hartman Racing had? Uh, Do you see gnomes floating around the race shop? Was that something that I've carried over? I've not noticed the gnome. Well, we have a bald eagle. We have a bald, bald eagle in the debrief in the engineering room, but I've not noticed any gnomes. Are you allowed to stuff bald eagles? Isn't that like against the law or something? That majestic like creature is not like not a like one that used to be alive. Oh, it's like, like a taxidermy thing. It's like a like no. a stuffed animal. Yeah, it's a stuffed um, animal. <laughs> way Sorry. less interesting. Way less interesting. Zoe had a follow-up question. If you could race against any driver in any car from any era at any track, oh my God. who, what, and where? That's a pretty full-on question, Zoe. There's a lot, a lot of details. I like uh, it. Well, I've always wanted to race at Spa. How about Spa? So you got to be against Kimi Räikkönen. Kimi, obviously, I was gonna say Kimi, back in the McLaren days. Nice, um, like an MP417 like against Kimi at Spa. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Sounds good. It'd be pretty tough competition. But It'd be stiff fun. around yeah. around there. All right, uh, Brian Feldman. Had two questions. Number one. If you, were, if you were in a leadership position at IndyCar, what would you do to engage your age demographic? Well, it's tough because I love IndyCar and I love everything about it. So you don't know do why I, other people your yeah, age don't. Why don't they get it? I yeah. don't know. Because um, they're all a bunch of idiots. I'm just kidding. I take yeah. that back. I'm pretty sure I'm not legally allowed to say that. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough That's one. A I think, uh, you know, going... Places like we do at Long Beach, St. Pete, a bit more accessible, gets the people out that are curious about it to check it out, and I think once they come, they're hooked on it. Uh, maybe that. Luckily, but then, we, but then we have these awesome tracks out here that are kind of in the middle of nowhere, but they're so much fun and produce such great racing that how can you not come to these? I agree with you. I agree with you fundamentally, and luckily, there's someone else that makes That's a big right. paycheck to make those decisions, not us. Number two, I like this one. I like this one better. Hypothetically. 
If you, Joseph Newgarden, and Kyle Kaiser go out on the town, <laughs> who's more likely to get a girl's number? Well, because you've got you've got like boy wonder, you've got boy wonder and his slightly older boy wonder brother. You got two living Ken dolls. I don't know. Actually, Kyle's Kyle got he the chat. Get some courage. He's kind of Sometimes smooth. he's yeah. he's got, got courage. Couple bottles of liquid uh, courage. Gentlemen, off he goes. Well, he's, he's maybe in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in Canada, Toronto. Um, I'm gonna have to go with myself, Spencer. You know, I would I, I, I would agree with that. I, I would know all three of you guys. I would agree with that. <laughs> I think that you would come out on top. I mean, we're over time in this segment, but we're getting through these because we just love the fact that you guys mailed in. Uh, Ricky wants to know who won the pokey game between you and Palmer Leary. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Well, it's kind of a long story. Uh, Ricky's my my Audiello, I'm assuming is yes. the last name. Yeah, my best friend from Florida. Uh-huh. And he's talking about me and my our other friend Palmer in fifth grade. He used to play tag basically and get in oh, this, trouble this a lot. Oh, this is poke. I said poke. Yeah, it was like poke, Pokemon. Yeah, like tag kind of. Like tag. Okay. And and I won. And you honestly, won. Yeah. Would Palmer disagree with this? No. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. This hasn't been like a 20-year like like thing, <laughs> like an issue between you two. It was like you guys get along uh, really well. Once we got out of elementary school, we thought it was kind of lame, and the girls probably wouldn't like that. Fair enough. Just running around poking each other. Uh, all right, Caleb wants to know. This is a good question too, and he's a local. He's from Ohio. What was your first reaction when you heard you're going to be driving Fred Carpenter racing? That must have been a cool phone call to get. It was. Yeah, I was obviously very excited um, to be able to do more races this year. Um, you know, it was a tough thing to do to leave Ray Hall because I have nothing but good experience from them and, and good things to say about that group. Um, but obviously, I was excited to do more races. So yeah, very excited. Uh, you know, very thankful that Ed and the group decided to to put me in the car for the rest of the season. How'd you celebrate? Uh, well, it was like in the month of May, so I didn't really celebrate. I just kind of kept driving and celebrated. How about after the 500? Fair enough. Yeah. I think we all celebrated yeah, exactly. or commiserated. Either way, there's yeah, a reason to have a drink too, as yeah. long as you were 21. All right, Spencer Bacon, thank you so much for thank coming on the show. Man, really appreciate it. Again, our first ever driver who's actually listened to the show before. Very, very exciting. A breakthrough milestone event for Buzzkill and I here on the Maron Air Sirius 212 XM209. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in a few weeks from sunny Pocono, and we can't wait. Thanks so much for tuning in.